it's kind of like the No Horse Bar Witchcraft podcast, but is it? I don't know because technically we said we weren't doing it anymore, were we? <laughs> this is true. I, I mean, technically, if we were to do it for three years, there's 52 weeks in a year. So 150 wouldn't quite work out like that, would it? 150 episodes wouldn't quite be right. No, but then we didn't originally used to do one every every week. This is true. We used to do four a month. Yeah. So, you know. So this may be bonus content or this may not be. I don't know. Who knows? Either way, we have the master on today to talk about all things magical. Now, I could talk start talking about a certain beef that you might have with a feather witchcraft live members of the thoth witchcraft community however i'm not going to start on that i think we'll leave that to later you can stew that in the back of everyone's minds you have to be like more specific with, oh don't worry i can get specific <laughs> i'd like to start with what our first essential conversation was, or the first things that we were talking about during mentoring, because we normally try to ask people, what is it that they're up to? What have they got an interest in? Where where are they trying to get to? And how can we help? Because we've got to slot ourselves into their magical lives in some way, shape or form. Some people are more forthcoming than others, blah, blah, blah. But there was this whole, uh, magician versus witch mercury versus venus thing that was a big theme i think at the beginning where you were trying to figure out some sort of in between from what i can remember i was wondering if you could talk about that to start with because people have an interest in such things rarely do we find that many people that have a very hmm, what's the right way to say it logical and sane approach to work in magic like you do so we find i think you very balanced in that you allow yourself to get um carried away with projects and things but at the same time there's always perfect note taking if we call it that and mm. feedback and such you make perfect sense the vast majority of the time Oh. I think that I think that says more about about you. <laughs> Maybe I don't think it does. I mean, you always come very very prepared to any of our meetings, and you always have some sort of a logical approach. So I think that what was really interesting is that the you know with the first conversations that we have, which was the Mercury versus the Venusian psychic ability, delving really far into that and growing in that. I'm just interested to see what your take on the first kind of homework, first um, thing that we were trying to get you to do and where, looking back in hindsight, where your mind was at at the time. Um, okay, so... Um, okay, so from a, from a pedagogical perspective, it, it mm. makes sense um, to present these two paths, the mercurial path and the Venusian mm. path, right? Um, because everyone will have kind of their own um, natural leanings. Mm. Um, and if you kind of look at the landscape of Western magic, it also makes sense uh, because those two paths generally have kind of uh, formulated on their own. Right. Mm. And that's that's kind of what I was talking about with the magician and the witch. So, mm. you know, one problem, you know, I think, it, you know, when we had that conversation, Liam, you kind of speculated that perhaps what happened was that. OK, so first I, I was um, there's <laughs> I, I had some some natural talent for certain skills. And, but if you want to learn magic in the English speaking world, you're basically given two paths, right? Mm -hmm. You're either you're either a ceremonial magician, or you're or you are some kind of Wiccan, right? Um, <laughs> and, um, and what happens is, is I at one time or another, I threw myself down one of one, one of those paths, or both of those paths, really. Um, and what happened is that 
magically I started dividing myself into those two containers. But that those two are extremely limited um, points of view. You know, they're, they're useful to get you so far. And in some ways, they're going to the same place. Um, but they don't really get you all the way. And they certainly aren't going to get you all the way to magical integration. Um, and so when I would sit down to do an operation, a spell or, or what have you, um, I had this internal tension where the more witchy aspect, you know, kind of, you know, she wanted to go and, and dig her hands into the earth. Right. And, and just smear shit everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that, I mean, that that's, and it's very satisfying to just, you know, dig your hand in, into the, the primordial magical streams, you know, of the universe and, and just lob, you know, reality about, but then the ceremonial magician side is like, no, there's, there, there's a method there. There's a rhyme to this, right. You know, a, a, a place for everything and everything in its place, right. A ritual has steps and those steps exist for a reason. Right. Mm. Um, and, and so how do you resolve those? Like, so that was kind of my big issue was how do you bring those together? Where's the balance? And, um, and the way we got through it, I think, or the way I got through it is, I think the thing you guys offer that nobody else does is the kind of the first class nature you give to practicality, right? You know, this is, we're here to talk about witchcraft. We're here to talk about doing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So never mind whatever background system you have or whatever method you prefer, what does it do and how effective mm -hmm. is it? And what I found in just kind of doing that is that the kind of that third path I found is, how shall I put, maybe, I, I guess I would call it the path of adventure <laughs> is how I would sum it up, right? Is, is that, you know, I can, I can, if I need an operation, I can kind of, I can go to the wilderness and wander about, which kind of satisfies that more witchy aspect. And, um, but there's a broader system, you know, that I'm working in where that requires some type of journey with a beginning, middle and end or a story to happen. Right. That has or a song that has some crescendo. Right. So these all these things have structure incidentally, which satisfies the magician, but they're also very artistic and 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 uh, have a flagrant use of symbols and symbolism that you can layer that satisfies that witchy side. Um, yeah, so I don't know if that answered the question, but hmm. well, there are people with a very hurried nature and that can be just their personality, but also when it comes to the, the magical things that they want to accomplish. So if you've got people that are on a ceremonial magical path, like a hermetic order, the golden dawn path, they've got certain stages, initiatory grades and stuff that they're trying to claw their way up as quick as possible. Whereas when you've got some other people that are just wanting to experience or they're really just happy with what they've got or the really old fashioned types, which are all they're trying to do is deal with their natural abilities that they're struggling to deal with. They just want an easy life, <laughs> but they've got all this extra baggage and all this extra stuff that's going on that they have to put up with. Whereas what you're finding, I think, with you is it's now about adventure. There may not necessarily be a need and a rush and feel like you're decades behind like a lot of people do feel on a magical path that they want to be in a certain place and that they should be there and they should have been there yesterday and they're just wanting to ignore all of the scenery and just go straight to that whereas it seems like you're actually looking around and thinking well where do i want to go what's over that hill what's there what's you know which is really nice because it's from an adventure perspective you can have a lot of fun. The problem I think is that people can often do that their entire lives and not really accomplish a huge amount. You tend to accomplish things. So when you come up with a little adventure or quest or something that you're doing, there's always something that you've learned from it and you're normally perfectly able to say what that is. 
like you can see the benefit that's happened with it. For a lot of people, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I'm not too sure whether it's because they're just stupid or whether it's because they don't look back and retrospectively think or what sort of adventures, I guess, that some of them are having. But I mean, at least you are building a system. The, the, what I think, what I think can happen, um, because you have to, because I catch myself doing it, right? Mm. So yes, you can. Um, when there's no paths, there's too many paths, right? Um, and so when that happens, you have to resist the urge to fixate. Um, and some might call that getting stuck in Pluto. Um, you know, you, you can. And I think, uh, especially the the ceremonial magicians and and even even I mean some modern witches get get stuck on the idea that um, I need to build a system, right? There's a system of magic. I, I need this system to work. Your system is just one perspective among many, and so if you are too dedicated to your system. Um, you might start mistaking that system for the truth. Mm. Uh, where, where, when at the end of the day, all that really matters is that it, it doesn't matter what kind of flower you see on the side of the path. What matters is that there was a flower at all, right? Yeah. Um, you know, what's the big picture? And may, I guess maybe that's how I can keep going is I'm, I'm always kind of asking, okay, um, I may not always know what I set out to do, um, but I can recognize when I'm just spinning my wheels, when I'm not making progress, right? Is when, when the scenery, when new scenery isn't coming into view, then I, I know I'm stagnating. Do you ever get growing pains from the perspective, like a lot of people that do actual magic, that do actual take on the burden of some sort of quest? Or magical work, actually, it is a lot more uncomfortable because people don't really talk about this sort of thing. Like you'll see every now and then someone will have a breakdown in magical community or whatever because they're undertaking too much for their psyche to cope with, or too much that things start clashing with their everyday life and such like that. Do you experience much growing pains, and how do you experience them? And then, what sort are they? Do you have a lot of magic that interferes with your mundane life? Anything like that, or is things fairly nicely easy? Um, yeah. So, well, that, that's that's a little bit difficult of a of a question to answer because so you know because uh, um, my practice does have this large intuitive component, and so there there are some things that others might consider painful or growing pains that I just take for granted. Um, because and I don't notice them as such. You know, I mean, you know, if yeah, I mean, if you know, if if I'm doing something and some entity gets attracted to my house, you know what I mean, and and it causes a bit of trouble, well, that's that's just a Tuesday. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, that's not that's nothing to to keep me up at night. Now, on the other hand, yes, when you as you travel, you start you you get stronger by naturally, right? You can the further you walk, the further you can walk, and that and sometimes yes, you can stumble into. Hmm. You can stumble into a cornucopia that you weren't ready to eat. Um, and so I guess I would classify that as a growing pain. And so, um, oh, let's see. I got, let's see, when I was, um, oh, I was doing some, let's say, path working, right, uh, related to a certain Finks, Sphinx mystery that it seems like a lot of uh, mentees were embarking on. Um, I accidentally got a little bit overexposed. I tried to, I tried to, I took a bite that was bigger than I could chew. Right. And I got exposed to what I can only describe as the filaments of creation. <laughs> right. And, um, and yeah, there was, you start to lose a little bit of your personality, but, but, you know, there, there's a reason you, you know, we have these kind of basic techniques, right, of, of you know, grounding and rebalancing and, and, um, and, and other forms of introspection, right, to kind of keep us from forgetting 
um, which life we're in. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, I guess, yes, of course there's growing pains. Um, but I mean, that's, that's part of the journey. Yeah. If you're, if you're not having the growing pains, then you're probably not growing. Has it ever been a real problem caused you any sort of breakdowns or anything like that? Or is it small stuff that you've been able to deal with? Paradigm shattering stuff. It depends. Some people don't cope well with that sort of thing. So, Hmm. Um, you know, when I, when I started having more, what, uh, um, Steiner calls them like imaginal experiences. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When I started having more of those, I, I looked at other sources of material. So like I looked at some of the old authors, you know, like fortune and, and, and the, the, the theosophists. And I, and I looked at some people like on the internet, right. Who, who claimed to like do stuff like, you know, gain the knowledge and conversation of their Holy guardian, right. And all that stuff and cross the abyss and all that. And, and they're all describing, they're all describing how impactful it was to their lives and how it changed and how they felt connected to the universe and, and how it's, it's all beautiful. And, and, and I felt connected to the universe and, and I've had these experiences of beauty and I've had an attitude of beauty and, and I've been in operations where I've completely lost myself. And I, and I was like, and I felt like I was like fully in the moment and in contact with something bigger. Right. But then when I come back, you know, it's, and I'm not saying it's not a big deal, but it's, it's kind of not a big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you've got, I mean, that's just magic. You know, it's just magic. That's, that's what magic is. <laughs> I think, I think part of the problem often is that the people that write most of these books are of a mercurial mind. Mm. They are the people that are willing to sit down there for hours and hours and hours and try and write down a journey. And I think for somebody that is not mercurially minded. So if you're more on the Venusian side of things, everything is beautiful every day and that's before you even get to the magic all you're doing is seeing all the beautiful things you used to see but in high definition uh you know 4k vision um you know uh imax experience with the 3d glasses like all all we're doing is adding layers of beauty to something we already found beautiful and mm. i think that's why for us i think it's kind of meh like, well, it was pretty yesterday. It'll be pretty tomorrow. Right. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And, and you know, I would I would add to that. It's um, hmm. when I I remember when I was I, I used to do more martial arts. OK, so I uh, and I was in Taekwondo and I was working my way up. And and what you find is that when you're doing something something like that, um, everything becomes martial arts. Right. Um, you know, sweeping the floor, uh, yeah. you know, baking bread, you know what I mean? Like washing your body, everything becomes martial arts. And what I found is as you pro progress in magic, it's the same. Everything becomes witchcraft, right? Yeah. Everything becomes magic. And so, you know, I'm, you know, when you, <laughs> and this is something I, oh, there was something I wanted to talk. I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, but when you, when you're dealing with that every day, it's not, it's not any less, like, I, I wouldn't say it's meh, but I would say that, you know, it's, it's, it's exceptional, but every day is exceptional, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so, and, but, and there's just, it's for, and an example I would use is um, looking for a house, um, you know, I've been looking at houses recently and when I brought up this topic to some colleagues at work, I realized how small their lives are, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because there are things that witches th uh, consider when they, when it comes to buying a house and there are things witches do not even care about when it comes to buying yeah. a house. Right. You know, the, the mundanes, they're really worried about who their neighbors are going to be. That hadn't even crossed my mind. Um, you know, like, I'm not, why would I be concerned about who my neighbors are going to be? Because I'm not going to have that problem, right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, there's just so many things when it comes to buying a house that I wouldn't even consider. 
because I don't have those kinds of problems. I don't have those kinds of mundane problems. Um, on the other hand, there are things I care about that they have no even notion of, right? You know what I mean? Like, like the you know, I can talk about the lay of the land and and what convergent zones there are, and and you know what inhabiting spirits there are, and things of that nature. And all of that probably sounds incredibly paradigm shifting and mind blowing to a mundane, but to us, it's just you know, well, now we're on Wednesday, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean it's not beautiful and not special. It just, it just, that's just the world we live in. And, and, and apparently that means we just, oh, well, we're not on the naughty side yet, are we? So should I, <laughs> how snarky should I be? Uh, well, like. just, I guess it would just, it just means that our world is bigger and more beautiful than theirs is. Um, yeah. They call them plebs for a reason, don't they? Yeah. Mundane. Very mundane, bland. Yeah. And I think there's a fair amount of practitioners that are effectively mundane. And, yes. uh, and so I think like that's... Name, <laughs> <laughs> no, Liam. I don't, I don't, their names oh, aren't what? worth remembering. Um, no. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's a, an important part. And I think what gets missed a lot of the time, which is why we're quite lucky... Um, I think having our um, cheesecloth that we would call Thoth um, that kind of filters out all of those kind of pointless individuals, um, which it sounds really mean, but ultimately are ones that are not going to benefit from our method of teaching. Um, mm. And I am, I'm quite, you know, it used to really, really frustrate me about the size of our audience at one point um and actually in recent in the recent year or so i've kind of got over that and realized well actually we deal with the people we need to deal with the ones that are actually capable of paradigm shift um i think a lot of people are quite happy in their little system in their mundane life um that wouldn't wouldn't ever push themselves hard enough to get here. Um, and I think that's a big part of what we ask of our mentees is they need to be self-driven and they need to be able to push hard. Um, and like Liam has said a few times, you know, drag themselves across the floor covered in glass um, in the hopes of gaining something new. Um, the biggest mistake we made, I think, was that we gave people the opportunity to try and learn and push themselves forward. And every single time when someone that we didn't know at a psychic fair or online or wherever they come from said, I really want to learn magic and I'm willing to do what it takes to learn. I really, 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 really want to progress. The problem is that we kind of believed them at their words and took them at their words. And most of these people really don't actually want to do it. It's not that they, I don't think they're necessarily kidding themselves that they do or don't want to do it. It's just that they don't necessarily have the capacity to do it. The only time that they would ever be able to, to, to progress is if they were physically forced to, which we're perfectly capable of doing, but that goes most of the time against the contract of mentoring and such people already have to agree that they want to push themselves further and show that they are doing it before we step in and maybe give them a slight kick it would be unfair for us to go and do that to mundanes essentially although we've come up with lots of ingenious ideas of how we might do that and wipe our hands hmm. off it but still have you ever considered teaching anyone or do you teach anyone i don't know um no no, I don't. No. I don't. I don't teach. Um, I started. I have a relative whom I started to teach some things, um, but due to the intercession of an outside entity, I was requested not to do that. Right. Okay. Yeah, and so she's. So I've left her to her own devices. I mean, I'm still here, in, in case she has any any questions or needs tips on negotiating and making sure she doesn't start worshiping said entity um <laughs> yeah and and uses and adopts the the teacher mentality um but the other thing you know 
I, I kind of want to go back to what you were saying about progressing magically. I don't think I've ever told you that was my goal. I think I've told you I just want to see what I'm capable of. I've got your notes. I can okay. Help. But yeah, yeah, I'm exploring skills, yes. But I guess what I'm saying is that it's like, I think you two, because you're super witches, you kind of, um, and, and you're fairly elitist. I think that's fair to say by your own admission. Hey. No, but oh, it kind of. I don't think we're elitist. It I kind of sets a precedent, though, right? I don't know if I'd say elitist. But it, it does kind of set a precedent, right? That, that okay, um, you know, I, I can see some mentees who are uh, just starting out or thinking, oh, I, I want to be a super witch, too. Like, I, I that's what I need to do. I need to get to that level. But the fact of the matter is, is um, it's that's probably not something you're going to do in one lifetime. And you may have other reasons for being for being incarnate right now. Um, and so not everyone need, needs to be a super witch. It's not it's not that not everyone gets to be. It's that not everyone needs to be right for what you two are doing. I mean, you're essentially contractually obligated to be super witches, right? I mean, yeah. We're contractually obliged to not turn people away to a certain extent mm. under certain circumstances, uh, or they, if they meet certain criteria. The problem is, is that we have to supervise a lot of people on lots of different paths, and we don't teach a specific path. We try to create a language through the podcast and stuff like that, so people from varying different uh, paths and such can have conversations with each other and follow along the same lines, but we don't have necessarily a Laurie Cabot's introduction to how magic works. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. Step one, apply eyeliner. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but 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 my my point is is that um, you know since becoming a mentee, I have progressed, but I don't know that I've necessarily. I mean, yes, I've progressed in skill, magical skill, sure. I can say that. But also I'm I'm progressing for the sake of progression. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'm not I'm not doing it because um, you know, I, I I I'm doing it because I can't wait to see what's next, is I guess what you're is what I'm saying. Try and get a black belt. Yes, exactly. Right. You know, so if you're if 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 you're just coming here and you're saying, oh, I want to progress, that's not a good enough reason. You need a better reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do have one title that you've won, at least one anyway. And that is winner of Witch War 7, of course. Oh, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of does. No. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't you are, count. You are the official winner of Witch War Seven. I think you are the one that's no. the criteria the most. I, I, I you know. In fact, I requested that you did not award me the winner. <laughs> <laughs> was I, I refused to accept an award for being the best at following instructions. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, I mean, you are on the list as being the winner of Witch War Seven, and it is official oh. in the official record. And I've even said it now, so you know. Forever going forward, you will be. If anyone asks who won, I'll say the okay. master. With a name like that, the master should probably win a lot of things, technically. Hmm. Um, we should probably suggest that we, I don't think you were the one that came up with it. As with many people, we end up being the ones that name people. But it's interesting <laughs> how people's uh, names start to become their reputations as well. I think it's difficult. I think you've got to also remember that it was originally set as an, that it was followed by an ellipsis. Yeah. So it was it was of going to be the master of hashtag something. Um, it was something was something that we kind of had from the beginning, which embodied exactly what you've just described, which was you weren't aiming at a specific goal. You had several. You have goals every year that kind of push you personally in progression. Um, I kind of feel like it's, you know, we compare ourselves to PTs a lot. And I think for you, it's kind of like for good health. Like, you know, I want to live, you know, live well. Um, so therefore, mm. I'm doing these things. 
I'm, sharks, you know, some sharks have to keep swimming, otherwise they die, you see. You mm. know? And I kind of feel like, I, I think from from that first meeting, that 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 name normally, I don't think we've had one that work, hasn't worked so far, but we normally come out of a meeting that not necessarily says where you are, but will say where you will be. Um, and I think, you know, if we were to go back and actually review all our mentees and their names, um, we could gauge whether or not they're getting there or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, well then, I'm extremely interested uh, about the uh, cosmic catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> um, technically, that was self-proclaimed. Okay. Um, so we will not take credit for that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, their actual name that we use um, is is slightly different. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. So with the Witch War Seven, you went undercover in was it Faith Healing, something like that? Yeah, I. I, know I you your blog, but what made you choose that? So, um, well, so the request was to pick something that is completely unlike our practice. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I could have picked like faith healing generally, but I specifically chose, uh, you know, the revivalist Christianity, you know, charismatic movement um, current um, because, yeah, I would never, um, you know, stay up all night. You know, there's some hilarious videos of, of revivals, right, where they're chanting like, ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Um, and and you see people and you see people in walkers like throwing away their walkers and running around the church. You know, you know what I mean. And and so and people getting slain in spirit where they where they like fall down to the ground and convulsions. Right. Very entertaining. Very entertaining. Um, and so I was like, you know, what's going on there? Like, is that is that magic? Um, and the answer, of course, is that yes, it's magic because everything's magic. But um, so yeah, but what is it? Like, what are the energies involved? How do I duplicate that? How do you start a religion? Which is what I think I titled that blog post. Um, and so I wasn't able to attend um, an actual revival because the ones I could find were fairly remote and may not exactly be welcome, welcoming to people of, of my complexion. Um, and so I, but I was able to observe um, a, a faith healer at work. Um, there was, okay, so um, there was a pregnant woman. So the, what I did not put in the blog post was there was a pregnant, because I know some of these people. So there was a pregnant woman who had fallen, had some kind of respiratory infection. And um, the faith healer asked everyone to put their hands on the patient while they kind of uh, channeled the power of, of, of uh, God, you know, which one, the Yahweh, um, in, into this person for healing. And yeah, I could see, I could see that solar channel open up. You know, I could see this person was channeling that energy um, and I could also see this person was kind of stealing a little, just a little bit of oomph from the other people involved, save myself, um, because for, well, that's just gross. Um, so anyway, and so then I started looking, so then I compared that to some um, recordings, like church recordings, like a lot of churches are recording now. Um, of, of the revivals, and it was a very similar thing. And then I was also able to interview this particular faith healer um, who related several stories to me. One was interesting where they, over several hours of, of chanting and healing with people, there was this girl was born with uh, slightly one leg longer than the other, and they were they were able to regrow her, her, her other leg. Um, and so... Yeah, th then I started getting an impression of, like, okay, I see what's going on here, right? It One is that it's, you know, it's, it's one, they're just tapping into this solar current, right? The big daddy energy. Um, but two, uh, people seem to have, certain people seem to just have a natural talent for that type of channeling. And so it's a numbers game. You know, so if you get enough people at your church, probably at least one of them is, is going to have some... Uh, innate magical talent to to tap into that, um, 
and I'm and or they're going to have some other type of um, ecstatic um, predilection. You know what I mean? That's kind of like just baked into their DNA. Uh, and like, like I assume, I'm assuming I haven't checked, but I'm assuming that's how like the um, the Eleusinian the uh, Eleusinian mysteries probably worked. Um, is that you know you've got this ecstatic mystery going on, and you get you get enough people involved, you know, at least a few of them are going to take right. It's going to work. Um, yeah. So that's anyway. So that's that's why I chose that because my magic doesn't work like that at, at all. I would just never do that. I would never. I would never, I don't, I don't even like the grimoire tradition of, you know, standing up and, and commanding, uh, you know, the spirits to attention to come and do my bidding. You know, that's, that's just not, that's not what I do. That's not how I relate to the, to the, to the spirits. <laughs> so obviously a big part of the witch wars was to publicly in some way, shape or form publicly re release information or teach or whatever. You've now got a blog, which you've continued to add now were you gonna blog or started blogging before the witch wars thing came along or was that the catalyst with it or were you always planning to do that so the the blog is is actually uh not up now but yeah i had thought about blogging yeah i had thought about blogging for some time um yeah because i i mean i kind of um you know one thing i like about our mentor sessions is that i don't, I don't get to talk about witchcraft and magic with people at this level. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't even know where else I would go um, to just to discuss things like this. Well, there's a Facebook group called Everything Witchcraft. <laughs> and I suggest you don't go there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. And I mean, it's just yeah, it's I don't even hear. Man, you know, the, the only people who get close are unfortunately a, a lot of the ceremonial magicians um, mm -hmm. and some of them have podcasts, but even then I'm just like, man, it's, you know, I talked about getting stuck in Pluto. It's like they get so far, they get so far in like the golden Dawn system. And then you can just clearly see that they're, that they're stuck. Mm -hmm. um, and some of them give up and like convert to Christianity. And, and I'm just like, what the hell? Um, and like, it's like, that's the answer you, you found. It's like, after all that work, your, your answer is that, you know, Jesus it's is the universe. Be, it's easy to be subjected. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so would you, yeah. Would you class yourself as a solitary practitioner in general? Because you are pretty solitary, aren't you, with regards to magical practice? Yeah. Yeah. Mo yeah. It's mostly solitary. Well, some people come from a background where they have friends and family and people that are close to them that are on, even if it's not the same magical journey, they're on a magical journey of some way shape or form which i think in your family i think there's people like that but they're not necessarily yeah. you don't work together do you right yeah we're we would be a family of solitaries <laughs> yeah do you clash though um i mean there's things i say and things i don't say and same with them um and i do we clash uh, sometimes, but it's, it's mostly because they, I can translate their practice into my practice, but they cannot translate my practice into their practice. Right. What's that down to though? Is that down to them being in a small? They're all Catholics. <laughs> yeah, they're all Catholic. Yeah. That's the problem. You know, Catholicism's great. You know, it's the universal church. And so it can like, it can, it's a little magpie that can steal all these things and incorporate them. Um, but, uh, but if you're not a priest, you can't make anything new. Right. So yeah, that, that, that limits their, their practice. Um, and they can only see the world through the, through that lens. Yeah. So are there any magical communities and stuff that you have managed to cope with or stomach being part of because we've attempted to create i don't know what we'd call it we'll just call it a community of some way shape or form that's evolved from a lot of the podcasting that we've done and throwing the door open to people that get mentored and stuff but it strikes me that most people don't really i mean people moan and complain that they don't have anyone to talk to and such but 
they also aren't the first ones to be jumping in and, and trying to start conversations and such. So have you actually gone out to seek other practitioners before or not? Um, no, 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 I have not. Um, Does that come from no need for well, friendship community or is that just because you haven't got any blocks that you've struggled to overcome yourself? So, okay, so a few things have happened. So at times where I've like, let's say I've gone to a psychic fair or gone to a metaphysical shop and, and I've kind of, uh, and I have started to approach, uh, say local magical communities in, in person. Uh, the first problem I usually have is that they're, they're often, they're, they're often practicing at a low level or they're not, or they're not really practicing, right? You know what yeah. I mean? They're the the type of people who would, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, bundle. you know, it's kind of like, you know, the when someone who claims to be a pagan witch asks the question, "Do I have to to be a witch? Do I have to cast spells?" It's kind of like, and, and then people start offering answer any answer other than you know, other than yes, witches cast spells. You know, <laughs> you know witches do magic. Witches do stuff. It's a craft, you know, when people offer answers other than that, and, and it's just kind of like, well, I don't, I don't think that's, that's true. And, and, but I don't know how to approach that, it, but clearly that space isn't for me. Right. I'm not saying that space shouldn't exist. It's just not for me. The other, and then I've also approached kind of, um, uh, how should I say this? Non-incarnate groups. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Spiritual yeah. groups or, okay. Yeah. And, and I usually get re, but they don't want anything to do with me. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to get into some of those without being in an initiatory system. Um, and, 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 and even, and you can try the kind of the solitary magician approach where you kind of keep going, knocking on the door until they let you in. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's something, there's something about me that they don't want in there. Um, and so I've just kind of accepted that. And then like, even, you know, with, with your group, I mean, like I, I was unable to get onto Facebook, you know, I'm just completely barred from Facebook yeah. and, um, you know, mm, I think, I think, I think, it, I think it, declared war on uh, one of the members from what I remember. Uh -oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's incidental. Um, no, I mean, it's so the, the war thing. Yeah. It's for better or for worse, you know, your community has an, I think has an atmosphere where, um, I don't know, is, is one, I, I wasn't on the old, the, the, the Facebook live, the witchcraft live or the no holds barred Facebook's group. I, I don't know, but I've, I've heard you talk about them eating people and tearing them apart and so I, I I don't know if that's incentivized. Bart one, and that was the reason okay. for it. You know, I'm I'm I just like to I like to I like to speculate. I like to talk about magic. I I like to talk about what magic can or could do. Um, you know, I like to talk about different ways to translate between people's practices. Um, you know, like if if you know, and but I think. I think there's something about the way I speak and the way I write that I think people that a lot of people, even in my mundane life, puts people on guard. Um, you know, I always have a question um, because I'm always interested. Um, and but I think some people find that um, either annoying or or um, scary. I, I don't know, like like they're being interrogated. Gen generally, I find people don't like being asked questions in the sense that they aren't necessarily ready to give an answer and I think particularly in kind of witchcraft groups and things like that and and kind of witchy space spaces um a question gives them an opportunity to look bad what they mm. don't and I think what we were trying to do from moving and I'm not sure it's entirely worked I think there are different voices and those voices are I'm, I'm grateful to hear. Um, but kind of moving across to the platform as kind of um, concentrated 
shall we say, what was already happening over it um, on the Facebook groups. Um, but again, at, at the moment, it is still too much of the same. Um, mm. I think what ne I don't know how to improve that. If you've got any suggestions, I'd love to hear them. But like, I think in some ways it's become a really good way of seeing only the things like we don't have the boring memes and bullshit that we used to get before. It's stripped all of that out. Um, but again, I, I really wish people were willing to put themselves out there and kind of be prepared to look silly. Like no one's going to judge. Well, we are going to judge your practice, but no one's going to actually beat you down for it. Um, because that's what you see in these nice holier than thou pagan groups is all they do is take turns to pick on the new person that arrives um, mm. where they have a, a specific dogma. Now, we don't have that. There is no specific dogma. So there is no correct that, way. Thou shall do. <laughs> thou shall do. Right. That thou shall do. You know, as long as you're doing stuff, generally speaking, all we want to do is hear the stuff you're doing. Um, and I think that often gets missed because people are scared of, you know, particularly when they've got people like yourself or the, the map maker or people like that sharing their practice at a very high level. I think some people are just scared to, to share. Others just can't understand what you're doing. Um, it yeah, that makes them. sense. I mean, even the two of you are very skilled at, at the uh, esoteric doublespeak. Um, yeah, but that's part of the fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, oh, no, I think you, wait until he realizes there's triple speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh no, so like, I, so you could, I mean, I, I thought, I, I think people who are, who are, who are practicing more, um, I don't want to say basic, but I guess uh, foundational techniques. Um, I think still have, you know, you know, if you're a witch and you, and you're understanding foundational techniques, you're probably not stupid, right? You're probably not entirely stupid. Um, you're, <laughs> I should say, uh, you know, so you can, there's a little bit more you can do with your foundational technique, right? Like, um, I think there was someone who was, um, working on magical crocheting and that technique I, I was super intrigued by. And I, and I tried to kind of get a conversation going about that because, oh man, just think about, think about the possibilities there, right? You could make your own yarn. You could make yarn out of anything, right? You could, you could imbue the crochet needle with magic. You could, you could make your own crochet needle. You could, you could do all kinds of things with that. You could, you could, you could kind of crochet, different, um, you know, because I've seen uh, different, um, uh, like, three-dimensional crochet patterns, right? So anyway, there, there's so much speculation to go there, but the conversation just kind of died out, you know, mm -hmm. because it, it, the person was just like, oh, I here's what I did, and oh, no, I can't do, you know, oh, I don't know, I didn't really think about that, I can't do that. And it was just kind of like, well, where do you go with the, con there's no conversation there, you kind of have to, you know what I mean? Like, there's, like I get sharing your practice, but why not follow up and talk about it too, you know, and, and speculate, right. On what else could you do with that? Right. Well, I mean, it's a case of uh, setting an example, I suppose, to a certain extent, which then with the new community, I think more people have done that. They've actually put a little bit more effort into explaining themselves, but why don't we put our money where our mouth is now? And we can go buy some of your work that you're currently doing. So oh. what I'd like you to do for us, putting you on the spot, is that I know that you have some experience at the moment with working with and around, potentially on as well, dragons. So <sighs> could you, from a beginner foundational level, explain to your Wiccan that might have stumbled across this, what a dragon is, and then take it in double speak if you want or triple speak or whatever or give some little bit of insight from more of a you know post foundational level 
in terms of what you might have been up to. And let's see if any of it makes sense. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> oh, dragons. Um, hmm. They're, uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't the one I was expecting you to ask about. Of course okay. not. Okay, so what is what are dragons based? Well, I mean, they're spirits. Okay, you can relate to them like you could any other spirit, you know, assuming you have some uh, method in place of, of to interact with, with spirits. Um, they, they're a curious spirit because um, what, at least my impression of them is that they, like us, they are kind of incarnated, um, but but they're not nearly as limited in space and time uh, in their incarnation. Um, the The ones I've encountered have all been related to some type of natural force or place. They come in various sizes. The ones I've encountered tend to be very big, or I should say big compared to a person, a human person. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so what are they? What can you, I guess, so let's, let's stick to, to, to your practical guidance there, the doing, what can you do with dragons? Yeah. Why what can you dragon over thinks or dead person or what have you? Okay. So yeah, it depends upon what you. Oh gosh, over a dead person. I mean, the well, first of all, the dragon's much older. You know, if if you have specific questions about this universe and its origins, you know, you're not going to ask a dead person. Um, well, I don't know. Nana always we are suspected she went back to the dinosaur age, but that's not very long ago, is it? Right? You know, where do? <laughs> very true. <laughs> you know, so here, here's here, here's your double speak, like. Wherever rivers of blood become roots of the tree is where you'll find dragons. Okay. <laughs> I like that. That's got to be a nice quote. Okay. Um, and so... Multiple times. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So there, you know, there be dragons. Um, and maybe a bit before. Um, so, yes. Now, from so from a practical standpoint, I guess yeah. If you wanted questions, specific questions answered, they seem to be the the ones I've encountered. They don't. They have a particular way of communication, um, but they seem mm. to be, yeah. They seem to be more concerned about like broad strokes, right? You know, you're not going to ask a dragon, you know, where you where your missing wallet is. Um, because it, it probably doesn't care. Um, and yeah, yeah, so you're going by because obviously it doesn't care or because it's big and doesn't necessarily notice something as small as that. Sure, I guess that's kind of asking, yeah, how many hairs do you have on your head? Um, yeah. Uh, now, if you wanted to do something like, well, there's actually, there was an example of a, not, I didn't do this, but there was a practitioner that I think one year uh, successfully did. Now they didn't do it very efficiently um, because they had to use a lot more people than I would. But uh, you know, get uh, call the rains, call the rain dragons to put out fires down in Tasmania. Um, you know, so you can you can get dragons to do stuff like that. Uh, earthquakes. Um, let's see. I think tornadoes are a bit too small. That might work. Um, you know, natural phenomena like that. Um, uh, growing growing trees, I've 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 found you you can you could apply them there, um, and but sometimes if you get too big, I, I, at least for me, if if they're too if they're too big, so if they're like large scale like mesoscale weather systems, like if they're if they're starting to get that big, um, I have trouble getting their attention. Um, yeah, I think I my suspicion is is you would have to step into um, somewhere higher up to to get the attention of that. And by the time you're there, I don't know you. Yeah, you, you'd have to be 
you'd have to be big enough to get its attention, but small enough for it to matter. <laughs> yeah, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, so I, I guess ever, I don't want to call them nature spirits because that, that's that's not right. That's definitely not right. Have you ever assisted a dragon? I have. Um, have four minutes to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Okay. Wow. All right. So um, a dragon got stuck <laughs> in a in an energy nexus, and it uh, it called out to me. And I and when I got there, I, I had found that there had been some. Um, well, one, yeah, there was a strange energy nexus that that it, that was kind of uh, associated with this geo uh, these geological formations. So just a special place. Um, but also, there had been some mundane interference uh, involving um, broadcast herbicide, um, and the the dragon was in a severely weakened state, and so. I was able to kind of nurse it back to health and then um, give it some currency it could use to negotiate its freedom with some local fae. That's okay, good. Cool. less than four minutes. Very it's cool. fine. I have, I have a different kind of question, which is entirely self-serving um, in the sense that I, there are lots of people that engage with us but there are also lots of people that don't engage with us that are within the community. And a lot of it, I think, is often kind of fear. Um, kind of or anxiety. Lurkers, isn't it? That's what you call them? What was that? Love and light Love lurkers. Love and light lurkers. Mm. Yeah. There's, um, and I just kind of want to, because obviously lots of, lots of people, unlike yourself, kind of come to us for specific goals. Whereas for you, I think you cover that other majority we don't talk about, which are the ones that kind of want to progress but don't know, um, are kind of more going with the flow, shall we say. Um, and I just want you to kind of, if you don't mind, just kind of explaining how how that's worked for you. And I, I don't mean... Are you asking in, for a testimonial? I'm not, asking, I'm not asking for a testimonial. <laughs> what I'm asking for... I'm not asking for a testimonial and I'm not I'm not asking for you to blow smoke. What I'm asking um is kind of like what about this process have you benefit benefited from in in a kind of more practical way? So not necessarily what you're actually doing, but kind of some people say that what they get is the kind of, you know, stick and carrot approach where they move forward due to the fact that they know they're really they're scared to tell us that they haven't done something or you know really want to brag about something special or you have those that kind of like need the structure of a mentorship now i don't feel you need either of those things so i kind of feel like what you what you get from this is very different to others <laughs> i i actually i've actually go sorry you could have asked you which your favorite one is between the two of you yeah. Thoth. Um, <laughs> That's most people's answer, I should imagine. Okay. Um, yeah. So I actually told you what I get out of this before. And, you know, and, and, you know, well, first thing I should say is, you know, you know, so yeah, hail to the new world order. Um, you know, the, the, the number of baby sacrifices is not really that high. So if you're hesitating to enter a mentorship, it's, it's not that bad, you know, and they only make you be a serial killer for like the first few months. Um, once you meet your quota, uh, no, but so what I get out of this is I can only, I can't speak to the general. I can only speak to what I get out of this. And, there, there is, so one of the problems with modern magic, modern witchcraft, shall we say, is there are so many rules, okay? And there is, there's this very insidious thing, and this is why I sometimes get stuck on morality, where you'll get guided to create a spell, and at the end of it, you say something to the effect of, for the good of all, harming none, okay? Very love and lighty, right? What did you just do to your spell if you're adding that to every magical operation? You cannot 
you cannot okay the contract we all have with saturn okay defies that okay nullifies your spell then you cannot exist you cannot be incarnate right now without causing harm your immune system is killing off things as we speak right you know if you're healing you're hurting something okay so what i needed from you guys that i got was permission to practice because i i had absorbed so much of the kind of the modern cruft from whatever traditions that are popular right now that all of them directed me and told me that magic was dangerous and because magic is dangerous you basically shouldn't do it, right? They're they're hamstringing the people they're trying to teach, and they're sabotaging their practice. And that that is what I needed to climb out of, and that's what you gave me is you gave me permission to practice. You gave me permission to burn my hands. What I quite like about your natural take on things is that you're one of those people that likes and I don't necessarily think is entirely trolling, but it works perfectly to troll people, is that you like to revisit the questions, arguments, morality and ethics and stuff that apparently are supposed to have been settled a long time ago. Like things about, should I do, should I kill people? Is killing good? Is it bad? Is anything like that? All of the stuff that we're supposed to already naturally agree with or mm -hmm. have a, a correct answer for, you like to revisit that now is that out of genuine uh need or want to know the answer to the question in a more profound way is it just to annoy people or is it for some other sort of stimulation i don't know all of that is rooted yeah all of that is rooted in a question i had years ago okay when i when i when i recognized what I was doing and that it was magic and witchcraft and it was working. Okay. And it was, the question was, do dogs have dog gods? <laughs> okay. Why do you, you just can't help but notice that when you look back at the mystery cults, when you look back at the old religions, a lot of the deities look like humans. They look like these weird apes, right? Why? Why is that? Okay. Then that leads you down a path where, so now I'm on an adventure. Now the story has started, right? So that leads you down a path where, okay, does witchcraft exist when there's no witches? Right? Does magic exist when there's no one to do magic? What kind of magic do animals do? You know what I mean? You know, and so then when you start to think about that, you know, what kind of magic did was, was here before the earth was even formed? Why would things like human morality and ethics have anything to do with those primordial magics, right? Um, and so then you start to ask yourself, okay, how, how are those structures in my brain affecting my magic, right? You know, what influence do those have, right? A lot of people talk about, um, you know, shadow work and introspection and, and going through all that, you know, why do you why do we do that just to just to feel good you know what i mean or or do we need to do that because there's something subjective uh, when when you start to move up into into higher at higher energy states or higher realms or however you want to put it right well if you don't unblock the toilet you get shit everywhere <laughs> right if you don't unblock you get shit everywhere but but also also um you need to know what toilets and shits mean to you because you're going to eventually you're going to get to a realm where you're going to look at something and you're going to see shit <laughs> and someone else isn't going to see shit they're going to see something else right people's shit smell different yes yeah and you need to rec you need to be able to recognize the smell of your own shit yes yeah. <laughs> exactly so Does that's why i asked those questions <laughs> <laughs> So that, that's where those questions come from, where I'm like, okay, so how much, how far can we push the magic of morality and ethics? You know, where does it, where does, where does their power start to wane? Um, you know, or, or is there some other truth behind those things, you know, that we're all looking at through different lenses, um, you know, or through, through different facets of the dodecahedron, um, you know, 
that, that that we're all missing because we're too focused on you know whether or not abortion should be legal or whether or not witchcraft is liberal or conservative, right? All of which are lies, but m- perhaps not for the reason that people think. Right. Is there anything else, Chris, or are we going to leave it there? No, I was just going to say thank you for making a comment about shit smells so rosy. Um, and be so profound. It was beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah True was... no holds barred style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to thank you for coming, definitely. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. And I, I don't think one will be enough. I think we may have to revisit this again at another point. Um, well, I love talking with you guys. Like I said, you, you, um, you're endlessly entertaining, and and I and I really do uh, thank you, you know, for giving me permission to practice. Um, yeah, yeah. Just remember, we can take it away again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For now, um, yeah. yeah. No, I, I had, I had, a, I had a, I had a kind of an aha moment. Anyway, I had a kind of a Neptunian moment where I realized. At least how I think Chris can turn on and off psychic power, um, but I need to—I still need to verify that by experimenting on someone. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for joining us, and that is it for this episode. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.